0: Welcome to the Sobertown Podcast. Let's jump on that train and ride, ride into the wonderful, beautiful, slightly strange, but always amazing world of sobriety. I'm Elaine Schuyler-Neal, and today I'm honored and delighted to be chatting with one of my favorite badass bitches, Sarah, also known as this Mrs. (laughs) Can we just go ahead and call this the badass bitches hour? I would love it. So Absolutely. Much. It's kind of cheeky and alliterative and it just makes like the writer and me smile, you know?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's about owning who you really are. So True. let's just step right in.
0: And you know what I thought after our last talk is that you don't have to be like, I think the stereotypical Version of a badass bitch. You know, like I'm sitting here in like a J. Crew top. I've got, I kind of look like, if nobody's ever seen a picture of me, I kind of look like an old hippie that's been hanging out on the beach for 20 years, you know, actually more. Or a French actress. Yeah. (laughs) Or a French actress. Oh, I used to speak French, but now it's gone totally gone. But yeah, you can be I guess it's just more that getting behind that you know, female rebellion of saying, you know what, I'm not going to listen to all this marketing that is in my face about drinking every single day, sometimes every single hour and I'm going to be a badass bitch and just rebel against that because I'm you know who I am, who I want to be and it has nothing to do with the sadness and negativity that alcohol sucked me into I don't know for sure
1: and I feel like you know on the on the outset of bad bitch you know we picture like the tattoos the black lipstick the leather jacket the spiky boots but that mm. in, that is rebellion and so what what we are is kind of rebelling from that box and if we're wearing um a, it's really not really about what we're wearing or what we look like it's it the bad bitch is about being so true to your true self and not being afraid of what waves that could create, especially in this society.
0: yeah, that's, that's
1: what a bad true. bitch is.
0: Yeah, that's the truth, especially going against fear is a big one. And yeah, so I know we're going to talk today just a little bit about something that is very centered in fear, that idea of coming out in sobriety which you know, for those who consider coming out to their, um, to their families, their peer groups, even their colleagues, it's a really scary prospect to put yourself out there and to kind of own it, even if you do feel like a bad bitch, because you know, there's all different relationships that we have, and we get worried about our perceptions. and it's completely justifiable because there's such a stigma an ugly, ugly stigma around what an alcoholic is. And the idea of being called that and that label just being slapped on your face is just so frightening to me, or at least it was. How did you feel about it?
1: Well, I, I just feel like we need to back up because all that stuff you just said, it's all huge. I mean, we could, do, we could sit for an hour, you and I, Elaine, and talk about all those things you just listed. About relationships and perceptions and stigmas, you know, and and about kind of closing that that escape door where you're like, I'm quitting drinking. I'm sober now, and so now you don't get to go out that escape hatch anymore and get drunk because whatever. Mm-hmm. We could talk about all those things, mm-hmm. um, but coming out as sober, it's it's a huge deal, and I think it's worth this conversation. I'm so so I'm so excited that we're sitting here doing it
0: so are you um so if anyone listened to your podcast interview and there's so many on the podcast.com mm-hmm. site as well in case anyone who's coming across this has never heard of it before there is a website sobertownpodcast.com, where you can listen to all of the amazing podcasts by our main founder and host drifter and then there uh-huh. yeah woohoo and um And, you know, you can also listen to it on Spotify and all the other groovy platforms. But um, since we spoke, you know, you were talking to me about sending your brother a letter and kind of coming out more to him. But I'm wondering, which we could talk about as well, but I'm wondering how out are you in the sober space?
1: That's awesome. That's that's, this is a great question. I can't wait to ask you the same one. So, um, you know, it's been COVID so I've been like home with my family Mm -hmm. and there's a couple people, you know, I have a texting group um, of like girls I used to teach with and I, and you know, all we do is get together and drink. And I finally kind of told them, we were talking about books, book recommendations. And I recommended this naked mind among many other books that I had read. And um, they were like, Oh wow. And so I've only really told like, kind of intimate little groups of people when it comes up. Yeah. And then on my one year birthday of sobriety, which was June 17th, I made an Instagram post. Yeah, woohoo! thank you. It was such an exciting day. Um, I made an Instagram post and I used to be like huge in Instagram. I used to be obsessed with Instagram. And then this funny thing, when the baby was born, I don't know if... You know, I don't know if the baby's warm little pudgy fingers <laughs> or something somehow my Instagram got deleted. Oh. I don't
0: know if it
1: got hacked or what. But I mean, I had like almost a thousand followers and I had like <laughs> years of great pics and they're fucking gone.
0: Oh. And it was kind of a gift. Just gone? Yeah. Like just poof? Gone. Like you couldn't I'm get them back? Gone. Oh. Gone. That hurts my heart. I worked so hard to build my stupid 1,500 followers. Yeah. (laughs) Like who cares, right? (laughs) I know. And it's gone
1: and it was like such a gift. And so I haven't really cared about it as much anymore um, because it's like, I don't want to start all over, you know? And then also like, I'm sober now. And so that like outside validation that I used to really, enjoy, I don't really need it anymore. Like I went, I think I did a post about it on the app. Like we went to this beautiful vacation in Mexico and like, I didn't post one of those pictures because that's mine. That's my trip of my family, of my time together. I spent our time like eating fruit and enjoying the beach instead of like thinking up a cute caption for my next Oh, uh, so I'm like taking a picture again and again. So long story boring. You're like, are you out of sober? I'm like, so then in eighth grade,
0: uh, <laughs> no. To no I love it. I love it. I just realized we could have a whole conversation about sobriety and addiction and social media and all of that. Anyway, well, that's kind across. of
1: what this is, right? Because it's about like our, you know, perception and our relationships and the stigma. So long story boring. I haven't used Instagram in a long time. I've gotten back a lot of like the followers of the people that are in my life. I didn't, I haven't gone on and posted since like last fall because I don't really give a shit. Yeah. But I felt like on my one year sobriety birthday, I wanted to just say it. I wanted it to be out and I wanted, I didn't want to have to explain it to anybody anymore. So I just like bit the bullet, ate the frog put that picture of that, like the shitty picture I took on the day I downloaded the IAS app. And then this cool picture I took with no makeup on, on my sobriety one year birthday. And I put it up there and I wrote a little story about how I'm trying to find myself. And this is just me. And this is the gifts of sobriety. So yeah, I came out on social media and it was huge to me.
0: Yeah. It's something about like, how did that feel what did that mean to you to do that like to be able because you know right a lot of us on social media have friends that are genuine and then we have a bunch of fake friends that <laughs> just follow us for whatever totally, totally. and it's kind of like how much you care about the fake friends a lot of it is like building that social cur- currency especially if you're a business or you're trying to be yeah. a brand or something so mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. like when that evaporates you feel like you feel a sense of self worth maybe ticked down but so I'm just, that's again, a whole separate conversation. Totally, but, totally, because
1: um, in this world now there's that digital currency oh, of your clout.
0: So weird, it's so weird. Um, I wonder how we got here sometimes. Like if you woke mm-hmm. up 20 years, you know, like if you went into a coma before Facebook and you came out now, boo, mind blown, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, but I mean, mm-hmm, how important mm-hmm. was that to you? And I mean, what was what was the, what were the responses? well how important was it to me uh, it was important for me to
1: like get it out there so it was said and everybody knows and if anybody has anything to say about it you know like kind of gossipy like to their husband or to their friends like oh my god did you hear you know whatever like that's just out that's out but also like i've buried my last fuck about what people think about me on social media
0: good good for you can we go visit and I, like i at, at think i got, got that shovel hours down <laughs>
1: Dude, I tell you what, I got the shovel in sobriety.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome.
1: I just, I own myself and I don't really fucking care. Like if you think the birthday cake for my two-year-old is cute, like I don't fucking care.
0: (laughs) So did people respond to you? Did they come out Mm -hmm. and say Mm -hmm. like, was it private and public? I'm curious about that.
1: It was public. I got, I got a lot of comments, um, And it was a lot like, oh my God, girl, so proud. Good job. And it all just felt really like, it just, it was cool. It was nice, you know, but it was like from people who don't really get it. Yeah. And like, there was this one post that said, sobriety isn't really that bad. And my worst day of sobriety is always better than my best day of being drunk or something. And it was like someone who like got it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I don't mean to say that like only sober people can like talk to me but it's like they just don't get it they're like oh my god good job girl like they're just mindlessly scrolling and it was cool they you know reached out and went the extra thumb calories to type like good job I'm so proud of you thumb
0: calories. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I don't think that's in my my fitness pal app <laughs> You know, I've been using my fitness pal a lot to get in shape for some of these yeah. types. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, now I'm gonna That's look good. for that. Add your own exercise.
1: <laughs> yeah, I commented 15 times today.
0: <laughs> 10 um, calories.
1: But you when we started out, you I wrote down the things you said, and you're like being out in sobriety is about relationships, it's about these perceptions um of Yourself, you know that maybe other people hold. There's a bit of a stigma that comes with being labeled, and with that, you know you're like being an alcoholic. I feel like that's a two sided sword. And um, it there's is. a podcast it is. called Shame Booth where it's like speak your shame and all that Brene Brown stuff oh. where it's like if you talk about your sh- the thing you're most ashamed of, poof, it disappears because it cannot live in the light.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: And which is why I think AA is successful at saying, hey, my name's Sarah, I'm an alcoholic. I've got 365 days, mm-hmm. you know, cause you, you speak that shame. And so for us to speak it to each other, I feel like it's like, it's fine, it's fun. Like we can all make fun of each other or whatever. But then when you go out to the other world, out in the world, you know, they're still hiding their shame and it's still really taboo.
0: Oh my God. Oh, that was, was that me. Mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, just... It's still really taboo. And so you're like breaking your shame into like their little shame shells. And this is, this is the thing where being out, I'm going to stop soon. Oh the, no, This is okay. the thing being out in sobriety is, comes to light is, it's a mirror mm-hmm. to other people's drinking. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets sticky. Yeah, because when you're at a party, and you go, "Oh, I don't drink." They've got a drink in their hand, and they're already getting that squirmy feeling about how they feel about their drinking, and you are a mirror to their drinking. And that's, to me, the root of the ugliness of being out about sobriety. Other that's people's true. fucking.
0: Yeah, because you you do tend to be become a measuring stick for other people's problems. You know, totally. And that's the one thing. And yeah, whenever I came out on Facebook, which I don't even really use Facebook that much, but for some Let's case, talk about I felt it, like, well, yeah, for some reason, I felt like that would be a good thing to do. Kind of similarly, like I didn't really feel like any of those people probably cared, but it was just cathartic to share. And mm-hmm. the best thing about it was that people reached out to me. Both publicly and privately. And the private ones were the most interesting because somebody reached out to me that I knew for 15 years in the media industry. He had his liver replaced and he had Fuck. barely told anyone. He's about 10 years older than me. So maybe I think I'm not 100% sure how old he is, but um, definitely too young to be getting a liver replaced yeah another person talked to me about getting like briefly their children wrapped up into a you know Department of Family Services thing because of their drinking and then um, another person was a close had been a close friend of mine and she was struggling with her drinking and I ended up going over to her house that night and talking about their uh, their drinking so I think for me, it was like really eye-opening all the range of responses. And also people were just like, yeah, I quit drinking too, you know? But what was interesting though, in the case of like that person who, well, I don't even want to pick on this person individually because, but you know, when you, when you do come out as sober and you're talking with other people who, who haven't, who are still drinking, but they're questioning theirs whether or not they drink too much. I think that as you start to be honest with them about things like i was like yeah i got to the point where i was drinking in the morning i was taking roadies places that i shouldn't be taking roadies and mm-hmm. you know i was waking up hang- hungover all the time and i was mm-hmm. miserable and i was having suicidal thoughts and you know i think was- the moment you put that stuff out there if that person isn't there yet but they know their drinking's potentially problematic all of a sudden you've created like a wall for them. Like, they're just like, oh, you're on totally. side and I'm on this side. I'm okay. I'm not where you are yet. You know, but what they don't see is yeah. we'll be there maybe one day, you know? What? Well, let me just add that Shep,
1: he said, he came out on social media on his one year birthday and a handful of people reached out to him privately and expressed that they were worried about their drinking. And I kind of haven't mentioned it cause it sort of only like lives in the back of my mind. But part of the reason I did get over myself and the stigma and whatever the shame and come out on social media is A cause I don't give a fuck but B so that I could create that space. If someone wants to go, oh, she had a drinking problem Yeah, because I think as women we're hard on each other because we have to, we play this like perfection game Mm -hmm. and we don't really ever let anyone know that we're struggling like in our marriage, in our motherhood, you know, with our bodies, with our work, whatever. And so it's like, for me to say like, Hey, I'm not perfect. And this, this was a problem for me. It creates a space for someone else to go. Yeah, okay, I'm not perfect. And this is a problem for me.
0: Yeah. And that is a so- really positive, powerful positive that you can list off right at the top of the list of benefits to being out sober. You yeah. know, the negatives being, OK, now there's all this, you know, now I'm somebody else's measuring stick and they may not be, help, you know, seek the help that they need. But you can't control that. You can't. control. Who fucking
1: cares? yeah they can like lay in bed at night with their husband and be like did you see that she's an alcoholic it's like i know who fucking cares
0: yeah what what are some other positives do you think about coming out as sober for someone especially who might be listening to this because you know what you do hear a lot of people in Mm -hmm. our sober community who don't even tell their spouses for a while at Mm -hmm. first or Mm -hmm. they don't tell Mm -hmm. their closest Mm -hmm. friends or Um, you know, certainly colleagues and bosses. I totally get that. There are some people in certain professions that it might even be like potentially job losing, which is kind of because of that stigma. Right.
1: What is so weird about that thing where it goes, where you, I found out about a problem and I'm solving it and they go, she has that problem. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, this is you solving it and there's this stigma for you recognizing it and fixing it. And do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because if you're drinking, you don't have a problem. Yeah. Because you're drinking. But if you have to stop,
0: then, then you have a problem stigma.
1: So fucked, isn't it? It's really far. Totally. So for other potential positives, what about um what about that accountability piece? Yeah. Where you publicly go, I'm not drinking. And then next time you go to a party, everybody goes, she doesn't drink. So you can't go, oh, I'll just have one breath line. Yeah. (laughs) They go, like, everybody knows that you drew that line, So you kind of back, you kind of boarded up that back escape hatch.
0: That's totally true as well. Like the more people you tell in the beginning, the more likely you're going to stick to it. I think in the beginning, you're still kind of like, for some people, I mean, it sounds like you and me from our conversations, we both had a pretty definitive moment where we were like, okay, um, maybe I need to stop this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but for Mm -hmm. some people, they haven't, they haven't reached like a scary moment. They just feel shitty or someone's telling them you should quit or what have you. And, you know, they're still not sure whether like, whether they want to tell people because they don't want to be committed to that choice. Um, but I found that being committed to that choice, even before I was ready, helped me keep going in sobriety. Totally. Totally. I think it's
1: scary to make a lifestyle choice and leave your very best friend, alcohol behind for life. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, how am I going to, how, how, how it's going to be so boring, but I think Annie Grace says, like, she's like, you only make the decision once, and then you don't have to use the mental energy to make that decision anymore. It's like you've already made the decision. So, it, you know, at a party when someone has wine or what, whatever, you're like, no, I already made that decision. Like, what you're yeah. like, oh, should I? Well, how much am I gonna? Do I have to drive later? And what's like?
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It but totally the lifestyle all choice, that space, you know. Yeah. But yeah, and I think too, then, you know, if you don't, if you tell people in a more public forum, not that that works for everyone, but if you tell people in a more public forum, you kind of don't have to answer individual questions every single time, you know? Like when you show exactly. up at an event and, and- Which is why
1: I did it. Yeah, exactly. it's opening up and I just want to be the sober girl. And if you want to come up to me in the corner and ask my secret, I'll totally tell you.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick pause we'll be right back. So, yeah, you know, there's, there's more to just coming out, right. than social media, there's coming out to all of your people in your world. And we Mm -hmm. all have different people, parents, peers, Mm -hmm. bosses, and, you know, all that. I mean, what are, what are, um, you know, there's so many things that people are dealing with as they navigate the choice of whether or not to come out as alcohol free yep
1: and I feel like we kind of started with social media because that's kind of the big one because that's like our you know everybody has their own little PR page now and so that's the one that we (laughs) jump to when we're such a good way to put it too (laughs) yeah but you know I think I want to talk about like when you come out as sober to like the flesh and blood like personal relationships that you you the people who's the whites of their eyeballs that you see on the daily you know and um you know we live multi lives we have like our at-home life with our mm-hmm. partners and our kids let's talk about that let's talk about the workplace let's talk about our like girlfriend book club like our friends you know and all those different um and then kind of the order, like, do you feel like there's kind of like, okay, I'm going to come out as sober. I'm going to get sober. I'm going to admit it to myself. And then who do you admit it to? Who do you admit it to next?
0: Right? Because, you know, for some people, even if they admit it to others, they might not have admitted it to themselves. You know, (laughs) there's that factor. Mm -hmm. tricky um which i do feel like that sobriety and coming out alcohol free doesn't have to be linear exactly like it can be kind of all over the place you know this (laughs) whole recovery space is not so like i'm going to do this one step and then i'm going to progress to the next and then i'm going to progress to the next even though (laughs) we all know about the 12 step programs even if you follow the 12 steps to a t it doesn't really look like that, does it? So.
1: No, and I think any growth, any progress, it's not a diagonal line up. Um, mm-hmm. It's a swirly, twirly, little messy because you know we all have ups and downs. Yeah. Um, one of the first, first. Oh, go ahead. Well, when I was like, I think I'm gonna quit drinking. Mm-hmm. I sat down and it was like the back of some piece of junk mail. I made a list of everybody in my life that's sober.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And I looked at that list and it's long. I mean, there's probably like eight or 10 names on it. And I was like, I really, I sat there, you know, with my cup of coffee and I thought, I want to be in that circle. I want to be, I want to seat at that table. I want to be among because all those people, they're just like, you look up to them and they're, they're grounded and they're
0: they're admirable you know and you can yeah, and they're like authentic them. and happy yes
1: yes <laughs> and and so that was like probably the first people I came out to like on that day I was like I'm quit drinking and I called my aunt I texted my uncle and I have a girlfriend who I used to bartend with and she was like she was bad she had some, she had some bad 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 drinking problems and she's been sober for three years now and I was like all the other times I tried to get sober, you know, I kind of reached out to her and I was like, I'm doing this. And so those people, it's so safe.
0: Yeah. You bring up they a good point such- too. Like I wouldn't have thought of that before, I guess, because I don't have a ton of people in my life that are sober. to both of my friends, closest friends, drink, um, one of them heavily, the other one not. But um but that's such a smart thing for someone who might be considering this to really get those people who already understand you and come out to them first, because they're going to be your champions right out the gate. And that's going to be like reaffirming without even having to do anything. Cause there's a lot and of, they see. And forth, you know, totally, totally. And they see you, they see where you are. They know that position. They've lived it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which is why, which is why the other reason that I put my stuff on social media, like I don't give a fuck what people think, but now if someone's going to sit down and make that list, like they can put my name on that list.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. And I mean, I think when I started, I just confided with my spouse and, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much, but some people aren't in that position or they might feel like they're not in that position. I hear, I hear like, how did that go down. for you? Like tell,
1: tell oh, me about like when you. I'm really
0: fortunate down. because my spouse and partner was like, he didn't skip a beat. He was like, let's do it. And that was huge. Because we had kind he of he joined you. Yeah, he joined me, and he had he had had so a couple of things I'll just mention. Um, he had a we're both remarried to one another, and we met each other when we were young and kind of had an instant connection. But then, you know, we were too young and we went along in our lives anyway. Cool together like five years ago. But um, but the thing is, uh, he lost his first wife to a drunk driving accident. And while he was in the military and it devastated him he almost drank himself to death so in his early 20s so he he had quit for a while after he had some really bad health scares in his late 20s so he kind of knew what that life looked like and even though Mm -hmm. we had been drinking together these past four-ish years I think he, he also knew that, that how low that could feel. And he just didn't, Mm -hmm. he was like, let's do it. He didn't even have to think about it. And he's Mm -hmm. been with me ever since that moment. And he he could, you know,
1: so cool.
0: Yeah, it was. And it was huge. And, you know, when I, I don't take that for granted either, because I hear in a lot of our groups that we talk about how that isn't always the case, you know, and, and sometimes a partner has worse drinking develop because you know, they're, I don't know, maybe they're just progressing and you're not progressing in that way. But I think I would encourage anyone that is in a relationship, if they feel safe in it to be just honest, because one of the things I was afraid of was being honest, because I was afraid of admitting how, how scary it was. And, and, you know, I was afraid of admitting like suicidal thoughts and things that uh-huh. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be committed. You know? I didn't want to be, I didn't want to say that and have him be scared for me, like, or, mm-hmm. you know, super mm-hmm. protective. So, but I think that it was the best choice to just be really honest right out the gate. And he was nothing but supportive, but
1: it sounds like all he really needed was that tiny nudge. Like it's something that's always been on his mind, Yeah. but we, we just go along, go, go along with life. And like, he just needs you to go, I think I want to examine my relationship with alcohol. He's like, sweet, let's do it. Yeah. And think- that's that nudge that like coming out as sober, you know, it's maybe your partner or maybe just
0: some random person to one of your followers online. It's like shine your light. Yeah. I think too, like if you can get those people around you, like you did, that, you know, they already know how great sobriety is. And when you're in the depths of active addiction, you can't see how great it is. All you're worried, you've got like the chemical dependency going on, the emotional dependency going on and, and, you know, lack of sleep usually for years. So, um, so your mood is just all over the place and you can't see how great you're going to feel in 30 days even, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah and that that cycle of shame you know and you just need someone to like stop the washing machine
0: <laughs> yeah for sure and then there's yeah. like then there's and you know i was just reading about how people with chem- like alcohol dependency are now protected somewhat under the Americans with Disabilities Act and also the Family and Medical Leave Act, which I thought was interesting. Maybe we can link to those stories I found underneath. That's so
1: important. That's so important because like my dad died and there was a lot of months where I was like trying to like get him into a program Mm -hmm. so that he could just like, you know, detox and kind of rehab and, it's such a, it's such a messy path. (laughs) And there's so much research. It's like a full-time job to figure out like, well, what's what, what covers insurance and what's, and like the fact that you can like leave to go like kick your addiction and still have your job when you get back. That's like, that probably keeps a lot of people drinking is they feel like they can't leave to go take care of it you know yeah. and then that stigma of oh, she went to
0: rehab you know yeah exactly i mean i think with like celebrity popular culture we're so used to seeing those people pop in and out of rehab but for like the school teachers and the firefighters and everybody i think it's you know especially if you're in a very noble <laughs> you know uh community driven position like yeah. oh, might be really fearful to come out, but, and I can't certainly encourage anyone to come out in a situation that might make them lose their job or create some sort of backlash, but I would certainly, um, encourage anyone who's thinking about that to do the research on what, what opportunities Mm -hmm. and benefits there might be, because, you know, it's, um, it shouldn't be the case that you are at risk losing your employment because- Yeah, a chemical dependency on something
1: for sure that you're trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing about like the stigma of the shame of people's perceptions of you outside of workplace when it's just like your friends, you know, like you, my big worry was like everyone would be like, oh my God, she hit this nasty rock bottom. And now that I have a year, I'm comfortable being open about it. But before that, I really wasn't. Because I was just so worried about what people would say and think. But here's the thing you really got to know is like gossip circles, you're really only in the hot sheets, like on the top of a printing press for like five fucking minutes.
0: Know, and then guess right? what?
1: They're on to something else. Somebody else's kids getting kicked out of school or getting a divorce or everybody else's bad news is all in line behind you. That's so So, true. (laughs) Get out of your own head about how other people are going to be like talking about your bad news because just wear it and then they'll be on to something else and you'll be free of it.
0: So, yeah, and it's also true that, you know, for anybody who's had a, like a really, I don't know after-school special style rock bottom. I mean, <laughs> no one ever has to talk about these things, right? Like we, it's mm-hmm. all up to us what we, we can be as mum as we want, like, you could literally come out as being sober and say, Yeah, I just it just didn't fit with my lifestyle. It made me sick. I don't like it. Yeah. So, but as, yeah. as ex-drinkers, we're the ones who trip out about this stuff, right? We feel like yeah can see right into our heads and totally that keep So we're worried about all the stuff that no one can see, you know, and so we can control the image of it, but even if you know totally I, for me personally i'm like i will happily share that alcohol was jeopardizing my mental health that is a fact yeah and uh-huh. i never thought oh i'm gonna go night hiking and maybe i'll die by exposure because i didn't have the balls to commit <laughs> suicide but that's the kind of weird shit that mm-hmm. i was thinking mm-hmm. when i was feeling really low mm-hmm. but i don't yeah, okay. have to share that with somebody at my workplace or a client or something like that, you know, I can keep that in here, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can Mm -hmm. be selective about these things. Even if you're out on sobriety or out on social media, you don't have to be like, put the whole, you know, novella of your experience. Yeah. And you know
1: what, Elaine, that kind of brings me to the idea of like, when you're out as sober, like, I don't know, like you and I were kind of out as like sober for life as you know, as much as each day will bring us. But for a while there, when I first got sober, I'm pretty sure I wanted to make the decision for my life, but I didn't, I, there was shame in saying I'm never drinking again. I can't or won't or whatever. So I would tell people that I was doing the cleanse. Yeah. I would I even fucking told someone that I thought I might be pregnant because I was so afraid of them thinking I was a drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so there's all these like uh kind of entry level That's um true. ways of saying that you're not drinking to kind of help you like get your foot in the
0: water of being like, Oh, I don't drink.
1: Cause like yeah. I don't drink, I only just now started saying that.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. I just say you can definitely, I'm not like, wade into that pool. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't like, know. I'm not I was drinking people or not like, tonight. Yeah. Or,
1: and my friend, back to the whole like, why you don't drink, my girlfriend, I was like, you know, and my friend's like, I just tell people it never did me any favors.
0: Yeah. That's and so I'm true. Like, oh. And maybe, maybe that's the kind of thing too that, like you say, like once we kind of wade into the whole process, And we become, and we recover our authentic selves in a way, maybe that's just how it becomes because we don't feel the need to clarify and explain. And also, by the way, you get tired of it. You know, you can't explain to every person, like, you know, it's just too exhaustive. It's like, yeah, I didn't like it. Boom. Boom. Alcohol (laughs) sucks. How about that? Alcohol sucks. Yeah. Expensive. And it made me look like I was the crypt keeper. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. okay you just
1: said when we recover our authentic selves let's go there for a minute and just bask in the sparkle that is that when we recover our authentic selves we don't really feel the need to like be the person that everyone online or you know all in our book club thinks we are or thinks we need to be yeah. we bury our last fuck about what people think about us because we know who we are.
0: It's true, it really is. Like I didn't, it's not that I look back so far as my 20s which is when I started drinking. I mean, I think many of us in America start drinking in our 20s. I think I started really more heavily drinking closer to my 30s, but I was certainly having drinks in my 20s. But when I look back to pictures of myself, at like 25 i can see how happy i was you can see it behind my eyes i'm just authentically happy about being exactly where i was which was barely having a job not making very much money and just being happy to to exist and mm-hmm. it's so weird to think that it took that long from like you know maybe age 28 probably when i started drinking wine daily to 44 for that to, to just slowly erode my sense of self and my sense of totally. happiness. And so now that it's coming back, oh. it's not that I feel like I'm 28 again, but kind of because I can all that shit that's I've been worrying about. I mean, not that this is also to say that removing alcohol is not going to make your life perfect. Right. But like, it does make shit a lot easier <laughs> and it does allow totally. you to yourself for who you are and make, make real choices about everything, you know, instead yeah, of. And like yeah. And like, see
1: opportunities in your life and things to explore. And it just helps you find your gratitude.
0: You exactly. Know? That's what I was going to say. Gratitude because really like your perspective in sobriety and your ability to be gratitude is, is so much bigger than when you're, when you're just hung over and feeling pissed at the world, <laughs> you yeah. know,
1: put uh, upon
0: for yeah. sure. Well, thank you so much for getting on this call again. For people who are listening to us, maybe for the first time or again, we hope to circle back with this Mm semi-regularly, maybe every three weeks. We're going to see, we're going to bring the badass bitch vibe Mm -hmm. to life on Sobertown Podcast. It's going to be- We have
1: a lot to talk about.
0: I know we do. And then we can share like my new tattoo and- (laughs)
1: uh-huh did you get a tattoo
0: no I'm thinking about it though <laughs>
1: yeah awesome awesome but, um yeah well I mean just to sum it up being out in sobriety is about you and I feel like it's scary because you think about what other people are going to think but the farther you get in your sobriety journey the less that matters and the more you can, you know, speak your shame, walk your walk, and kind of, you know, be able to uh, capitalize on the, the relationships that actually matter. Because yeah. the ones that don't, well, like the people who mind, who matter, don't mind. And the people who matter, whatever, you know.
0: It's true, because
1: once well, you, remove- you kind of get to sift out
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. Once you remove all that energy that you've been previously um, consumed, that has been previously consumed with thinking about alcohol, how much you drink, when you're going to drink, if people are going to notice all those things, how much you've spent, Mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. Once you lift that away, you have so much more time to just heal and rediscover and ask yourself questions that you haven't asked yourself in so long. And that can be, you know, a little scary at first, but it's so worth it. It really is. Yeah. And I
1: I just want to say, I feel like alcohol, my, now my experience, I can see, feels like alcohol takes you outside yourself. And I was definitely living really outside myself and really like just concerned outwardly about all these things outside myself and removing alcohol kind of brought me inside myself to where what matters matters, you know? And Absolutely the things that like what people think about me which is outside myself doesn't that doesn't really cross my radar anymore
0: right you can't control what other people think (laughs) or how's that go what other people think is none of your business
1: (laughs) oh right and that's there it is there we are again with like that being out in sobriety you know
0: well thanks everyone for listening to us badass bitches we hope we've inspired you to be a badass bitch whether you're any gender really and mm-hmm. uh, we'll talking to you again yep adios
1: bye